Worship Without Limits is going to be capped off by Mr. Rick Beal, worship leader extraordinaire, songwriter, devoted husband and father, super great friend, overall amazing guy, and um, super humble. Although he did tell me all that to say. He talked for other than that. Not at all. He's awesome. I'm very excited to hear what he has to say. I know you are too, so please give Rick Beal a warm welcome. start off with oh there I am hey hey so give me just a minute here get warmed up um, it is a tremendous honor to speak with you tonight uh, um, first of all I just want to tell you uh, what I'm speaking about tonight is about worshiping to worship without limits and change the atmosphere and so that's what um, how we're gonna kind of cap this off worshiping worshiping without limits and I'm gonna talk about setting the atmosphere uh, but first of all, I want to thank I want to thank you all for having me tonight. I want to thank Pastor Pastor Albert, Pastor Hale, for uh, entrusting me to uh, get up here and speak. Hopefully, they won't have to fix too much after I'm done. But uh, uh, and of course, my lovely wife is here, and so I just want to say how much I love her and honor her. And uh, she told me to do a good job, not to do a bad job. So. If I do a bad job, and what you could do for me is just not say anything and don't tell her. So if I do a really good job, though, if you wouldn't mind letting her know. Okay, you, you understand where I'm going? Okay. Thank you, thank you. Um, and first of all, I'm going to start off a little bit and tell you about, a little bit about me, so you know kind of who I am and a little bit about my history and, and uh, who I am. Um, um, I came to know the Lord at a... Uh, a pretty young age. I grew up in Corpus, which is just down the coast from here. I moved up to Houston when I was 21 to finish uh, working on my uh, accounting degree, and so that's what I—that's what I am. I'm an accountant. I learned to. Uh, I, uh, after I got out of school, I went and I studied really hard to become a CPA, and then uh, I currently work at a pipeline company, oil and gas pipelines, and I'm the. CFO of that company, and uh, you know, I've been going to this church for 18 years, uh, don't do the math, you'll figure out how old I am, um, and I've been on the worship team, I've been in teams, I've been in missions, I've been on the altar team, I've done, I've done a lot of uh, things uh, here, and uh, uh, on missions, I've been to Mexico, Guatemala, Kenya, Honduras, um, uh, many different places, very blessed to go, very honored to get to go and represent our church. And so um, so that's a little bit about me. Um, now, I wanted to kind of tell you guys why worship was important to me. Um, and it's a, I, I really believe it's the way God created me. Um, when I worship or when I leave worship or I'm just at home, to me, when I'm worshiping, it becomes I become the most real person that... I could be and what God has created me to be. Is that a good explanation? I mean, I feel like more like the real person of who God created me to be in those moments than anything else. Does that make sense? So, and so, uh, and thinking about that, um, I remember being seven years old, and uh, at the time we didn't, uh, my parents didn't have very much money. We lived in like a one-room garage apartment, and I can remember being seven and just 
uh, they had taken me to church. I'd been to church a few times, and, and I must have known a couple of the worship songs. I can remember being seven years old and just going to bed at night, laying down in that one-room apartment, and just singing at the top of my lungs. And and even then, uh, changing the atmosphere that I was in because it was not always a very good atmosphere. Um, but God is faithful, and um, um, the more you learn to walk in that, the more you learn to abide in his presence, the more you can't get enough of what you just had. You know, there's no, there's no satisfaction that you can't, you, 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 it's just you're getting, you have the desire more and more and more once you enter into his presence and you abide and you live there a little bit and you start worshiping, you learn how to enter in, um, you learn how to change you learn how to change where you are, that atmosphere you, where you walk in. And that's a, that's a, a big point that I kind of want to talk about tonight. Um, and there's nothing more fulfilling than that, than being in that place. Um, so tonight, uh, as I said, let me say it again, every one of us, we should learn to worship without limits and change the atmosphere where we're at. And so I'm going to attack that. I'm going to go by, I'm going to give you a couple of points that, I'm going to uh, look at and try to talk about. Um, first point is we were created to do it. I'm going to talk about how it's an answer to prayer. And then I'm going to talk about how it's a witness to others. So first off, um, I'm going to read uh, quite a bit of scripture. And I, I'll just go through it as quickly as I can. And I'm going to try to get to all the points in the time that we have. So... Uh, um, what I want to talk about first is we were created to do it. And so we're created to do it. Well, the first thing I want to look at is let's look at what it was like in the garden, we're, how God created us, what it was like. And, and uh, so the first thing I want to bring to light is in Genesis. Uh, actually, you can turn to Genesis 2, 7 through 9, and then 15 through 25. What I want to start with, though, is in Genesis 1, God says, Moses wrote this down, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the word in the Hebrew there is for heavens is shamayim, which means, it means more than just heavens. It means the literal translation is heaven sky. And sky is a part of the earth, right? So it's meant, and some of the translations, some of the people talking about it, they actually said the word heavens there actually means the whole of the universe. So God created the heavens, the whole of the universe. So unified, unified environment. So let me start off in uh, Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, Trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now let's skip down to 15. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and to watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruits, you are sure to die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. 
I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man and, and when he, to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one of them. He gave the names of all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still, there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. When the man, while the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib. He brought her to the man. At last, he exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united in one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. So we see where God created us and intended us to live. He created a perfect, united environment between heaven and earth. It was 100% heaven. It's 100% earth. And as, as he talked about right there, it's not unlike a, a, it's not unlike a marriage. It's, it's the supernatural and the natural, the spiritual and the natural in one. Perfect unity. And as a man and woman are united in one, heaven and earth are united in that garden. Does that make sense? Kind of see where I'm going with that? And this is the place where we were meant to live. This was it, guys. He made it perfect. This is where we're supposed to be. Can we all agree? That's not what's going on today. You can turn on the news. You can tell me about what's going on sometimes in your life. That is not the uh, perfect garden that... Uh, we're in right now is it but that is where we were created to be united perfect environment okay all right so let's keep going we're going to go on to genesis 3 the serpent was the shrewdest of all of the wild animals and the lord god had made that the lord god had made one day he asked the woman did god really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden of course we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden the woman replied it's only from the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her. And he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open. And they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid because I was naked. No, excuse me. Because I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God said. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? Do you see the words that are used there? When sin enters in. And the division comes, naked and aware of it. 
different before. He's naked, but no shame. Now he's got shame. He's afraid. He's feeling ashamed. He's hiding. At this moment, we no longer have 100% heaven and 100% earth anymore. Do we? We got 100% earth, and we got some sort of percentage of heaven because God's there and he's talking to him, but he's not walking in that anymore. That environment is it's broken at that moment. So sin introduced to the relationship with God that Adam and Eve had destroyed it, destroyed the perfect atmosphere, destroyed the innocence. That's all gone. Everything that God had created for us, for us to enjoy, it's gone. Just like Samuel having to leave right now. So now what's happened? We're living in a place that we were never designed to live in, aren't we? I mean, I, I, I could sit and talk with every one of you, and I, I know you've got a story. You can tell me about how what happened to you in your life. And I, I'm no different. I have, I have a story, too. Um, and what I'll kind of share with you guys is uh, I grew up in a home where there was, uh, that we, you know, there was abuse, emotional, physical abuse at times. And so I, even though I came to know the Lord at an early age, I had trouble reconciling what was happening to me. So if I'm supposed to be here, this is God's perfect plan, this united place, right? And then what's happening to me is kind of happening like over here. I'm away from that, okay? I'm, I'm living in that experience of being over here, okay? So, you know, some people, maybe a little further away. Maybe they walked a little harder road. More abuse, neglect, whatever, whatever this world threw at them at, at an early age, or even, even as an adult. It doesn't have to be um, just kids. You know, we're walking, we're walking in a broken world. But here's what happened: Jesus comes along and says, "Well, I, it doesn't matter where you are away from me, because there's grace, which is power. There's grace." get you from where you are and what you experience here back to right where he is right there if you won't deny it and that's a big key that's one thing one of the things God had to really show me from what I grew up in to what his will is for me now where I'm supposed to be now and I had to learn not to deny that grace because you that's the temptation you you say well you know Jesus says, well, my grace is sufficient for you. You're going through whatever. And you say, well, yeah, but... Mm, mm, mm. There's no yeah, buts. There's no, there's no excuse that, that you can give that is going to say that there's not enough grace. Jesus, you didn't pay enough price. You, sus- you were suspended on that cross between heaven and earth, but it wasn't enough for me, for my circumstances. I know that's tough. I mean, that, 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 was, that was really tough for me to kind of walk that out and to understand that you don't get that luxury of denying that grace because he's paid everything that you need, wherever you are, whatever your story is. There is power through Jesus to get you back to that place that he intended you to walk. You guys see where I'm going with that
God's grace makes up the difference between where we should be and where we, where we are now, what should have happened and what did happen. So now, we've talked about what he created us, where we were. We're talking about where we are now, so let's talk about where we want to be. And that is, with the grace of God, we're restored to that place. We're restored to that place when we're worshiping. That intimacy is there for when you can take that time to worship him. So there is power to get you back to that place that God intended you to be. So he, what it does is it restores us to the moments in the garden that we were meant to have. When the, when the Lord God comes walking through the garden in the cool of the day and he's calling your name because he wants to talk to you. Worship is that intimacy that calls us back from wherever we have been, whatever we've gone through, whatever we will go through, to a place where we can walk through whatever it is. Does that, does that make sense? Um, and I've read kind of some famous passages. I'm going to hit a couple of more famous passages that you guys have probably all heard. But um, when you look at the Bible, you talk about somebody that kind of mastered the intimacy with God. I come back to David despite the fact that God's teaching a series on it. I come back to David, that he really was a master of intimacy with God. And I'm going to read you the 23rd Psalm, and I want you to think of it in, in terms of what this sounds like. Because to me, the 23rd Psalm sounds like a lot of it walking in a garden and walking with him again, being restored to that moment. So here's David talking. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley or the darkest valley of death, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff comfort, protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemy. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely goodness and, and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Now, how can David in that time say, well, I can, right now, I'm, he's having that communion, that intimacy with God, but he's saying, from right now, I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Even in that moment, he's rehearsing. He's, he's, he's changing that atmosphere. He's getting into that place. And he's saying, from now, I will I forever, I will be in the house of the Lord. Forever, from this moment right now. Not, um, well, I'm going to be here for a little bit, and then I'm going to go over here and do something else. And I'm going to come on back. And Okay, no. He's, I, I think that that's a big key from what he was saying in that psalm. Um, so he... So that was one pretty famous prayer. Let me move on to another one. You may have heard some of this one. This is in Matthew 6, 9. You don't have to turn there. Jesus talking says, Pray like this, Our Father in heaven, your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we see that worship 
is really an answer. It's an answer to prayer. So that's my second point. So we're created to do it. Secondly, it's an answer to prayer. Jesus said, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is a Jesus praying to the Father, teaching us how to do it, says, this is what you do. You pray that what's going on in heaven is going to go on on earth. Right? And so... It's this, this prayer, this answer to this prayer is really, it's more a part of that restoration process between God and man. Because when we, we stand in this broken place and we say, we're going we're gonna to worship right now. We all, know it's a, we all know it's a broken place. We don't have to somebody to tell us necessarily. You automatically know it. But despite that, we lay that down and we say, no, 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 no. This is, I'm going to worship you. Your kingdom come now. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here now. Atmosphere. Atmosphere of heaven. We're going to change that. I didn't do it. Did you? Was that me? I apologize. Okay, I got to stay still. So let's turn to Revelations 4 real quick. And this is, if you want to know what's going on in heaven, this is what's going on in heaven. So let me read this to you. After, I, after this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had heard, first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven, and someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white, and they had crowns of gold on, the, on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder. And in front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne... There was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and were covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. What is Jesus praying for? What does he teach us to pray? He teaches us to pray that this environment is going to be here invading the earth that we're to walk in that. So we're going to, we defy the brokenness of this world when we worship God, when we set the atmosphere. We defy it. We're saying, no, 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 no. I may have seen X. I've seen this. I may have be walking through this. I, no, no. I'm going to defy that brokenness. I'm going to say, no, we're going to worship. And we're going to step in and we're going to enter in to that atmosphere that God has for each one of us to walk in. That, pres that presence, in his presence, the peace of his presence. 
so that we can function as we were created to function, so that we can be who we were created to be. Because I don't think you can get to where you're supposed to be without that part. It's not everything. I'm not saying worship is everything. You still have prayer. You know, there's still intimacy with God had by other avenues, but in the context of this worship, we're talking about David changing the atmosphere. David's, Saul's chasing David, trying to kill him, and he's talking about walking in the garden? How can he do that? Oh, man. Talk about it. Talk about a key. That guy had the key to intimacy, to walking with God. Um, I can think of a couple of times in my life where um, I was going through a hard time or I had something really weighing on me. You know, just because you know the Lord when you're little doesn't mean you just walk through life like you're riding a cloud or something. You can walk through some stuff. So I'm, I'm in a place where I'm really burdened. I can't remember what it was now. I was at work and, or something. And uh, so I, I was going on vacation and I was driving somewhere to meet Amy and her parents and we we're gonna go on vacation so I got in the tr- got in the truck I was by myself man I've gotta I gotta get some breakthrough I gotta get the Holy Spirit on the scene because this ain't working for me I I can't just keep walking in what I've been walking in this atmosphere I'm walking through now I don't know how I got there sometimes you just walk into the, you don't know why you're there it's, you may not even have done anything. You just walked into something. And you're like, you're looking around, going, "This ain't right. I gotta, I gotta change this." So, as you as you mature in the Lord and as you learn to spend time with Him, you learn, "Oh, I'm gonna, I gotta get in His presence. I gotta get in some worship music. I need to, I, I, I need this atmosphere around me to change." And you know what? I crawled in that truck and I played the same Lakewood CD. For, for three hours and I could feel that thing just would not break and I'm going man I just got this burden this thing is on me and, and I'd say about three and a half hours in before I almost got there that thing just broke off of me and it's like having a heavy weight lifted it's like I, I don't know how to describe it where it just boom it's gone and all of a sudden, it's just the atmosphere of heaven filled that truck as I'm driving. And I remember just, just weeping and crying. And that's just one instance where I've learned to get in that place and learned, you know, I've got I to gotta learn to be dissatisfied if, if I'm walking through something that's not so good. You have to learn to, uh, no, 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 no. I understand, yeah, that's where I am. But that's not where I'm going to stay. I, I'm going to get into his presence. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to change this atmosphere however long it takes. Because you know what? It's not, for me, my experience has been it is not always the same amount of time. There is, it isn't a time factor. It's about you getting into his presence and spending time there. Maybe it's five minutes. Maybe it's ten minutes. And boom, you're there. You can feel the atmosphere change. Things around you. You look around. Yeah, yeah. I'm in that place that he's meant for me to walk right now. Not the other place. It was right there. And But I'm going to walk into what this is. Um, oh, the second. Uh, I had another instance like that that happened. 
we've been very blessed to go to Israel's uh, worship conference, uh, which I think is coming up here pretty quick. Every couple of years, he does a worship conference where uh, worship leaders and, and team members of worship teams get together, and we go to one location. It's a conference. It's about three or four days long, extremely powerful. Um, and you walk into that environment where there's 2,000 people that are already, man, they are worshipers already. They're on worship teams, and they all come together. You talk about some power being unleashed. I mean, you can walk in that building and feel the power of God moving. And I, I walked in there this year, and, and I had, again, it was probably something at work. I don't remember what it was, but I was carrying the burden of something. I get in that atmosphere, and I'm sitting, and I'm standing up, and I'm praising, I'm worshiping, and I'm pressing in, I'm pressing in, worshiping in, but I'm just not getting any breakthrough of any kind. Thinking, man, this is a, you can't get a better atmosphere than this. We got people everywhere worshiping and just going crazy worshiping him. It's awesome. And I'm sitting there feeling like a rock. Like, like you may be pouring oil on me, but it's just running off. There's nothing happening. And uh, I heard the Lord speak to me. He goes, he goes, don't judge it by what you feel. He said, it's the desire to draw near that you're telling me right now that you're expressing to me that I receive his worship. In that moment, I heard that, boom, broke open. It's worship time, you know, in his presence. And so you, you learn as you go through this thing. You can't judge by what you feel. You, can't, you, you still worship him. You get in that place, and you may not always feel it, but you give him the glory. You set, the, you set that atmosphere around you, whether you feel it or not. Um, and if you guys have ever been to, uh, you've been to our church when Ivan Tate is preaching, when that man goes to minister, what does he do? He'll minister first, and he's doing that. But when he gets time to minister to the to the congregation, what does he do? He goes, uh, hey, brother, turn back there, turn my music on. No, no, not that song. Turn on the other one. Because <laughs> it's never the right one. But, you know, <laughs> he goes, no, no, not that song, that song. And then he'll do it, and you'll notice it's worship songs that minister to him that set that atmosphere that he's about to flow into. And then you notice he'll be in the middle of ministry, and he'll go, Come on, y'all, y'all pray with me. Come on, y'all, stand up. Let's worship, let's worship, let's worship. And he's inviting us to be part of helping set that atmosphere and change where, what it was when we walked in is not where it is when we, when we get to that moment of, of ministry, when he's, when he's ministering to all of us. And that's my third point tonight. It's, it's, it's a witness to others. Let's turn over to Colossians 1, 21, please. So we're learning to worship without limits, that worship without limits and, and how to change the atmosphere. So we, we talked about we're created to do it. We talked about how it's an answer to prayer, and now we're going to talk about how it's a witness to others. So in verse 21, this includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. 
And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurances, the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. So we see again, God reconciled us to himself where we were, back to the garden through Jesus, back to the place of intimacy that he wants, that he created us to have. And did you notice what, what Paul said there? He said, stand firm. Well, I, would, I always take the opposite when somebody tells me, don't. So, so you're saying don't stand weak. So that means I can stand weak. And then he says, don't drift away. Well, if he's saying don't drift away, that would probably be because you can drift away from that truth. And that's not exactly, I mean, I've walked with the Lord for a long time, but that's not an easy thing to, it's not an easy thing to reconcile in your mind when he says he has brought you into his own presence. You are, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. There's many times during my day that I would say, eh, there's probably a fault. It's, but what does the scripture say? Don't drift away from that truth. It's the assurance you receive that you're standing, you're in his, in his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him. That is a, if you walk out of abuse or you walk out of something like that, let me tell you, that is... That's a hard thing to understand that God isn't mad at you sometimes. I know I walked out of that. I, don't, I thought he was mad at me. Things that happened to me, things that people said, people are ugly to me. Like, man, you put me on this crazy place. He must be mad at me. And then when I would pray, I, I got to where I started to understand he does not see me like I see me a lot of times. He really doesn't. And all that condemnation that I used to hear in my head, I'd read that scripture. There's no condemnation. Man, that's not where I am. I hear a lot of condemnation. Some from me, some from a lot of other people. I'm hearing it. He said, no, there's no condemnation in Christ. And then here's the scripture over here. He's brought you, brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless. Those are some, you see where I'm kind of going with that? That's some, what? But that's why you can stand and, and Jesus has already paid all that mess to reconcile you back to that, to walk in what God has for you, to that, that, that power, that grace, grace to get you from wherever you are, however far away, whatever's happened to you, to the place that he has created you to walk in. I would say this to you guys. It's, um, it's our responsibility as people that walk with Christ for a while to help set that atmosphere for those that don't know. Because they, they don't know. They don't know because they don't know. But it's important for us to take that responsibility. And when we come in here to worship, you know, I don't think you can get two people and set them down and get them to agree on the type of worship music that should be done. 
Again, it's not going to happen. We all like something different. We all like different styles. But as, as mature Christians, we walk in here into this atmosphere and think, man, I don't like that song they're playing. It's really not about the music. It's really not. It's about you've got a moment here. You've got just a moment, 20 minutes, sometimes 30, to get in his presence and to help set the atmosphere for miracles to happen, for Pastor Albert, Pastor Scott to get up and give that message with joy and with ease because now we have helped set the atmosphere that that message can go right through. And that was loud, sorry. I got to stop. Let's turn to Romans 13 real quick. Y'all don't, y'all don't get tired on me. I'm almost, I'm almost there. I'm almost closing. So, not much longer. I love these scriptures right here. Romans thirteen eleven through fourteen. What I want to talk about as I read through this is everywhere you go, you carry the presence of the Lord. Everywhere you go. And verse eleven. This is all the more urgent. For you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up. For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will be here soon. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. That would be the, being a witness for it. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and in immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think of ways to indulge your evil desires. That tells me that it's my choice whether I'm going to clothe myself in his presence and I think in the context of what we're talking about, worship is we're going to clothe ourselves. Get rid of all the other stuff. We're going to clothe ourselves with his presence. Now, he wouldn't tell us that if that wasn't something that he wanted for us. He wouldn't tell us that if that's not something that he had. If we didn't have that choice whether right now I'm not going to be, not going to be mad about this, I'm going to get in a bad mood, no, church is about to start. <laughs> I better clothe myself. And I'm not talking about clothes. I better put on Christ right now. Because when I get to church, Mary Wesley is going to be waiting for me. And I'm going to need the presence of the Lord. I'm teasing Mary because her and I are good friends. And I tease her that she's my sandpaper person. You know, somebody that rubs against you, you know, that makes you better. Um... Um, here, here's, here's something else about that, about choosing to clothe yourself. You know, you can't wait. You can't wait until you feel free and think, oh, I, I'm going to wait. Wait till the music is going to get to this part, and they're worshiping, and everybody's up going to be singing, and when I feel free, then I'll act like it. Then I'll, then I'll be free. Uh, no. It's, it it doesn't work like that. That's just hype. You're waiting. You're, you're going to try to hype yourself up into something that... No, 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 no. No. 
It's your choice whether you're going to put on, you're going to clothe yourself with Christ. It's your choice whether you're going to help set the atmosphere from some people that maybe don't know what it is to walk into a church that has that atmosphere where the, the, the tangible presence of the Lord is there for them when they walk in. Maybe they don't know, but we can be part of that. And uh, I love the scripture, and I got, I got uh, one more I want to read about him, about how he inhabits our praises. So let's go to Psalm 22 real quick. Verse 1. And this is the Psalm of the Cross. You'll probably recognize the language in it. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief yet. You are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel, which means inhabiting. It's inhabiting the praises. So here's Jesus on the cross. Worst possible circumstance. We know God's a, God has had to turn away from him because of the sin that he is bearing for us. And in that moment, what psalm does he go to? He goes to this one. He couldn't be more pressed. He couldn't be more... He couldn't be in a worse moment of his life than at the end when he's on the cross. And this is what he's quoting. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Because he knew the power of this scripture. Because I'm sure he told David and helped him write it. But it says, write it. You're calling every day, every night. You're not listening. You're not listening. That's how I feel. I remember that Psalm of David. Let me, let me recite that. That's how I feel. Yet. Yet I, you are holy. So he knows. That may be my circumstance right now, but yet you are holy. And so now I'm going to worship you. And I know, according to the scripture, I know you inhabit those praises. You inhabit right here. I'm at the worst possible place ever. I can't feel you at all. As far as I can tell, you've abandoned me, yet I will, I will worship him. Tell me that's not powerful. I mean, that's, if you think about where Jesus was in that, in that moment, and this is the one he's quoting and going back to. So I will say about that, I will say this. When you put people under pressure, a lot of pressure you can see what was really in their heart it's going to come out it's going to leak out when you put people under intense pressure you're in a challenging thing it's going to leak out what's inside of you and this is what came out of Jesus and that's why God's always talking that, that scripture about guarding your heart above everything else because that's it that's where the heart's at alright so let me close here I appreciate you guys listening to me so diligently you guys have really made this an absolute joy and really a lot of fun uh, so what I was speaking about tonight is how every Christian needs to learn to walk in the atmosphere and to worship without limits at all times because we're created to do it it's an answer to prayer and it's a witness for others and the other things I want you to take away from this is, is you, when you have his grace you have everything that you need 
When you have him, you have, you have his grace, his power. You have everything that you need to take you from whatever circumstances that you're walking in to where he wants you to be, to the perfect place of his presence, that peace that you need in the midst of that storm that's raging all around you. And we all walk, we all walk through those. Um, and the last thing I'll leave you with for this part is if you're walking in a place where the atmosphere is not what you want it to be, then it's up to us to change it. Let's just be responsible for it. Hey, there's power available. There is grace available to you to walk out out of whatever that circumstance is. And as Mel said on Sunday, she said, worship is a weapon. Didn't she? I thought, yeah, that's right. Because it's a, it's a weapon in the sense that it, it changes the atmosphere that you're walking in. If you're walking through some stuff, you need to, get, you need to worship. You're, you're not walking through some stuff, you need to worship. <laughs> that's just, that's it. Hey, Kevin, if you wouldn't mind starting that song. Not too loud, sorry. Um, I thought, you know what, let's, when I get through teaching this, if we just take a moment to worship him and to get into his presence just for a minute. We're almost, we're, we're almost out of here. And uh, as I was praying right before I came up here, I asked the Lord to get, I asked the Lord, obviously, to help me put all this together and share exactly what he wanted me to share. Um, but I said, Lord, is there anything else? And, uh, anything you've got more that I need to share and he said I said what do I need to minister tonight and I wrote down what he told me so I'm going to share that with you now and I hope that it blesses you and I'll tell you what why we all just stand up and I want to give you an opportunity you can come down to the altars if you want I want to just take a few minutes and worship him it won't be long we're talking five, six minutes, and then we're going to get out of here. But I feel like this is what the Lord told me to minister tonight. And I don't know who it's for, or maybe and part of it, I think it's for all of us. But this is what I think he said to me. He said, tell him, it's not too late. This is not the end. Take courage, my flock. What is it that you came to hear tonight? What is it that you need? For truly, I'm all that you need. In my presence is fullness of joy. And the time has come for the heavy burdens that you bear to be cast down. So come to me, even now, and let me heal the broken places in your heart. Would I offer you something that you couldn't have? No. So come and enter the peace that I have for you. You turn that up, brother. So the altars are open for you guys when you come. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. Thank you.
circumstances are bad, Father, help us be dissatisfied and look for your presence and press into you. partners if you guys could come down to the front if you have any other if you have any need at all we're going to play this song again so we're going to spend some time in his presence but you if you have a you would like someone to pray with you and you have a, something specific we're going to have prayer partners down here at the front they want to pray with you they want they want to stand with you through whatever it is that you're walking through let me tell you, there's sometimes you need somebody to stand with you as you walk through it. So I'll say, I just want to remind everybody, Peter asked me to say, there's not going to be any intercessory prayer on Friday morning. So if you're used to coming on Friday mornings for that, there's not going to be any. Other than that, guys, I pray over you. Be blessed that you have an incredible weekend. The rest of your week was in this three-day holiday weekend. I know I'm really looking forward to um, I love you guys. Thank you so much for coming. And uh, I'm so honored to get to share with you and to, and to give you what the, I feel like the Lord has given me. So I love you. Be blessed in Jesus' name.